Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. And I didn't want to watch that bummer movie last time, so what are we watching today, boys? Well, we took your advice. Hey, you know what's terrible? You you can actually buy keyboard oil. Yeah, you, you can oil mechanical <laughs> keyboards. I just yes, looked that, that up. True. That's a thing. Yeah, mechanical keyboards you can, well, it's more of a grease, I think, but yeah, you can. Well, this says I think lubricant. That, that yeah, should be our first spon- uh, sponsor. If we can get some keyboard oil sponsors on this podcast, I think it'll really mesh well with our viewers which of y'all has a really clicky keyboard me i do fry you're on a laptop i i think my i I think my better i have a keyboard right here hang on a second oh okay never mind i you're fry also has a i am not on a laptop i have a laptop but i don't use it for the podcast oh you're you should oh russ has one look at that that's a very clicky keyboard make sure to loop that nice (laughs) no you don't that is Something you rarely need to do. I'm going to just wait for Russ to put his earphones back now, in. Now, what kind of lube are you using on that bad boy? No, Fry. Astroglide. <laughs> that's wrong. That's the wrong answer. Oh, multi-purpose. But it's water-based. Yeah, that's the worst possible. All right. All right. That's enough of this. It's good enough <laughs> well, for well, my James, give us It's your... good enough for Logitech. Give us, give us your lube recommendations. I have never needed to do that to a keyboard. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. <laughs> Logitech gets a, like Logitech and Astroglide are co-sponsors, and the and the tagline is if it's good enough for your foreskin, it's good enough for your keyboard. <laughs> Perfect. God, Ugh. I think it's mean to, for you to say that to people who don't have that. No, it's another goddamn inter- independent drama. Shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't watch the last one, guys. It just sounded like a bummer, you know? This is this is the wheel's fault. I, think I, I don't becoming, think this one is a bummer. I might be becoming more vengeful with untitled.txt in that oh, dear. I started going through the category today. was going Russ, to be, you know Fry and I aren't good at this, right? Well, like, you understand. So here's the thing. So hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm built. I tell stories that have ebbs and flows, like the ramblings of a madman. Yeah, but I just want—I just want to make sure that you know that Fry aren't very good at this trivia thing, right? Like we don't know that much about movies. So I thought that was I the point of so this whole thing. The, the, the overarching here was movies set in Italy. Okay. Oh God. Now here's the thing. I didn't include specifically Italian cinema. So there's no La Dolce Vita, there's no Life is Beautiful, there's none of that. It's movies okay. that I think you will know, with a couple of zingers in there, <laughs> that are they're set in Italy. And then I went through and I made my clues, and then I went, those are way too fucking hard. And then I went through and I redid all my clues. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job, because otherwise you would have to edit out a whole lot of silence. Well, follow-up question to that. Are these? Does the whole movie take place in Italy, or is no. it just has a part in Italy? Okay. It is a majority. So it's like there's mm. the, the the smallest one of the movies. Only half of it takes place in Italy. Okay. Okay. But for the rest of them, it's a it's a vast majority. So like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, there's like thirty minutes that happens in Italy. That's not on here. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do our best. <laughs> yes, and th- there's a couple you won't get, but I just threw in here for shits. Oh, um, no, that's fine, because then the listeners can be like, oh, those idiots, I'm so much smarter than they are. <laughs> that is, that's really the service we try to provide here. Our standings well, we're gonna... are James, oh, 79, Fry, 79. Mm. This is the third film that Julia Roberts made in Rome. The other two are Everyone Says I Love You, 1996, and Ocean's 12, 2004. This one is 2010. Hmm. James, you're the <laughs> expert on Italian movies. You got this? Yeah, no, I, uh, you know I am, but uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's on the tip of my, I can't think of it. It is not I Love Trouble, her magnum opus with Nick Nolte. No, I, I didn't. No, I was that just movie, about so... to say that one, so I'm glad you, <laughs> glad you told me not to. Cool, cool. Um, uh, 
Can, so Julia Roberts is in it, and you said it was 2010? Yes. Okay. It was Wait, her uh, biggest opening of the 2010s. Oh, it, yeah, it was... Uh, was it one of the uh, Hannibal movies? Nope. No. It was, uh, clearly, it's uh, Gravity. <laughs> it was self-contained, and it's based on a novel which is named exactly the same thing. Oh. The Da Vinci Code? Was she in The Da Vinci Code, and I didn't know about it? Oh, no. You thought she was in The Da Vinci Code because Tom Hanks was in it, and in your head. <laughs> I, I do know the difference between Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts. No, but you I thought mean, they'd go I'm together no in the movies, like co- star and co-star or whatever. Or Yeah, I see where your head is. I have no idea what no. this is, I'm going to be honest. Well, that would be Eat, Pray, Love, boys. I never saw it. Don't know why you would assume that we had seen it. I didn't assume you had seen it. I thought you could name a movie that Julia Roberts had been in that wasn't Mona Lisa, Smile, or Pretty Woman. No. Unfortunately. You you thought... All right. I'll take it down a notch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Russ. One of Tom Holland's favorite action scenes takes place in Venice when a water elemental attacks. He has to run across a... a Spider-Man... Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. No, it's not Homecoming. It's the second one. No Way Home? No Way Home. That's the third it's one. It's the second one. Shit. It has home in the fucking name like all of them do. Oh, I didn't know there were three. I'm going to be Spider-Man perfectly honest with you. This one, we go to Europe. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2... Far From Home! Oh my <sighs> god, James got it! <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't... This has been the most you know... torturous 60 seconds of my life. You know what really sucks about that? I didn't know that movie existed. Or, or let me put it this way. I didn't know there were three of them. I thought there were only two with Tom Holland. <laughs> uh, yes, he has to uh, run across a series of poles where some boats are docked. And his biggest regret is not accepting the stunt coordinator's advice when he was told he should wear shin pads. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I can see that would be... I bet. Owie. Jonathan Price commented on his physical resemblance to Pope Francis at the Toronto International Film Festival. This is the two popes. This is the two popes. Oh. Well then. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a really interesting It's cute. Film. The day Pope Francis was declared Pope, the internet was full of images of me and him, and is Jonathan Price the Pope was trending. <laughs> <laughs> God, people are stupid. My son even texted me, Dad, are you the Pope? Mm, his son is an idiot. His I mean, you gotta, you gotta check. It's not impossible. You you don't have to check. And it Technically, is pretty. actually, this is really interesting. The Cardinals do not have to select a Cardinal to be the new Pope. They could have That's chosen right. Jonathan Price. They can pick anybody. But, but they demonstrably did not. We still don't know for sure. That is untrue, but go ahead. In the Pirates joint attack sequence, you can read on the front of one of the pirate planes, Morte ai Porcelli, Italian for death to the pigs. Pigs in this context is meant quite literally. This is Porco Rosso. Bingo. Oh, never heard of that. Porco it's Rosso, one of them films. Ah. It's the Miyazaki There's, movie with the flying pigs. I think it's the Oh, I didn't I did not see that one. Okay, here, must have missed it. Here's another fun fact about that movie. It was based on a manga and was intended as a comical short to be played on JAL flights because it was going to be about 30 <laughs> or 40 minutes long. And uh, then they're like, this is pretty good. You should expand it. And then Miyazaki did. And then he regretted it because he thought it was too adult-oriented for children. Ah, yes. The wounds on Russell Crowe's face after the opening battle sequence in this movie are real. Gladiator. Gladiator. Mm, nice. They were Those caused... beautiful fields. <laughs> they were caused when his horse backed him into a tree branch. Uh, the stitches in his cheek are very visible when he's telling his commanding general Commodus that he is returning home. Russ, are you telling me that a horse injured a human being... Almost like that's the only thing they know how to do. <laughs> I love it when Russ goes off about horses. It's the best rant ever. horse has never died of natural causes. 
So, so, wait, what is your, what is your idea here? Are horses immortal beings roaming the plains to stomp us? No, they just die of the stupidest reasons. They think of water yeah. and run into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> well, who oh, among us? It saw a mouse and entangled its entire face in the barbed wire fence. <laughs> they are very skittish creatures. Even the quote-unquote calm and tame ones. Well, I mean, the... <laughs> They're an animal whose only response to danger is run as far away as fast away as I can. So we should definitely get as close to them as possible and sit on their backs. Yeah, that's that a sounds good like call. a great idea. Well, it's, look, you know it what does the same dangerous. thing? You know what also carries packs and is not skittish? Donkeys. Why haven't we just bred donkeys to rule the world? Donkeys are great. Uh, be- because donkeys bite. I trust donkeys. Horses bite too! That's true. Look, I mean, the here's the thing to consider. Are horses hard. dangerous? Yes. Do I want to walk that far? No. Give me the horse. <laughs> yeah, but we have Vespas now. Well, yeah. Now, we, now we don't need horses. And speaking of Vespas, there's a clue for you. The setting for this The Italian movie, job. Oh, no. it's not, That's <laughs> not the one I'm reading. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any Vespas in that movie. The yeah, setting that... for this... <laughs> Go ahead, please, sir. <laughs> no, Fry. Fry, Go finish ahead. your thought. <laughs> I I Sorry. don't know why I thought they were Vespas in the Italian shop. Come to think of it. It was all Fiats, right? No, they're not Fiats. Oh. They're minis. They're minis. Oh, dingus. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. There's Michael Caine riding a Vespa. <laughs> yeah. Tell me you wouldn't watch it, though. Uh, the setting for this movie, the fictional town of Porto Rosso, Italy, can be seen as an advertisement on a travel agency window in Pixar's previous film, Soul, 2020. Uh, this movie came out in 2021. I don't think I've seen a Pixar movie in quite a few years. I can't recall one set in Italy. Came out right in the middle of COVID. Watch it now on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. give us money. Turn on my TV. <laughs> no, Fry, that's cheating. We we talked about that, right? Oh, uh, it was it was definitely Wally. Those hmm, were did the they, scenes in Wally. So you said twenty twenty one. Did they make a Cars sequel? Uh, no, <laughs> they did not make another fucking Cars movie. Uh, but this one does have a lot of Vespas. Vespa. I Wait, don't did, know. Did Pixar do a uh, version of Fooly Cooly set in Italy instead of Japan? <laughs> that would fucking shred, wouldn't it? I have. Okay, let's talk about. Fooly Cooly. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Fooly Cooly. You, fuck right off. You have. You have not? No. We oh went to college God. at the same time. How did How did you never... We were... Look, sorry, listeners. You're going to have to learn this about us someday. James and I were in the same anime club in college. How did you not see Fooly <laughs> Cooly? I just didn't see it, man. I was watching Trigun and, you know, cool shit. Of the same era. And also, Fully Cooly is amazing. It's so it was yeah. it was done as a fucking masturbation session by Studio Gynex. Oh, watch I, I don't it. know as much about anime as you do, dude. Clearly. As as much as you enjoy, and you legitimately enjoy anime, some of it. The you good should stuff. watch it. It's so I, good. I, I honestly I mean, think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I'll watch it. That's cool. I just haven't seen it. Yet. Yeah, the correct what? answer yeah, I... is Luca. Luca is the correct answer. Luca. Oh, oh. okay. Never heard of it. Never, yeah, I don't recall it at all. I guess it was somewhat lost in the news of the time. <laughs> I can't imagine how that happened. <laughs> You're going to die! Hey, you want to watch our movie? I've gotten caught up in laughing at things that I've lost track of the score. <laughs> <laughs> Fry, you got two. James, you got two too, right? Uh, Did I? You got Gladiator and... Oh, yeah, and the Spider-Man. And you got the Spider-Man, and then Fry, yeah. you got... Okay, you're tied, two and two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just making sure I hadn't fucked something up. Um, <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola turned in an initial director's cut of this movie running two hours and six minutes. Satan himself and Paramount Pictures production chief Robert Evans rejected this version and demanded a longer cut with more scenes about the family. The final release version was 50 minutes longer than the first cut. 1972. Ooh, yeah, this... Hold on. You can do the theme song if you want. I feel like that might be cheating. It might help. I mean, it would help both of us, presumably. I have an equal chance of knowing what this is. Yeah, Fry, it's a movie from the 1970s. 
Right, and you were actually alive in the seventh. Yeah, I was. I'm older than you, technically. So I'm gonna kick myself, but I don't remember. I, I have no idea. That's the, that's the Godfather. Ah! Here's the thing. The original, the first one, 1972, number one. Here's the thing. I was actually wondering if that if that was it, but I thought no, that doesn't take place in Italy. And also, if it were the Godfather, no, James would know a it. Lot, and I would just look stupid. A lot of it, a lot of it takes place in Italy, the but that half. was not what. But that wasn't what threw me out. I guess actually, I guess the scenes about the family and the scenes in Italy are probably the same shit he put in there. Oh, More that than makes likely. sense. Yeah, it probably it might have been a better movie if, if it just. Made it as is. Robert Evans was a noted lunatic. However, you, he had the word a few, you're looking for is son of a bitch. But the thing is, he built old Hollywood. And so it's like when yeah. you have The Godfather, you have Chinatown, you have Rosemary's Baby, and all it looked like, okay, write your check. Yeah. Paramount Pictures originally wanted to shoot this movie in Hollywood. William Wyler refused, insisting it must be shot on location. So Paramount agreed, but with a much lower budget. This meant that the movie was shot in black and white, not the expected Technicolor. And they would have to cast an unknown actress as the princess. So they did. An unknown called Audrey Hepburn. Oh, holy shit. What a piece of history that That's is. not Lawrence of Arabia, is it? 1953. Oh. And no, I said Italy, not Arabia. <laughs> yeah, but I assumed that that was not shot, you know, but on location. if something location, is shot you... on location, it's the location that the movie's set in. So if it were Lawrence of Italy, they could shoot it on location in Italy. Oh, yeah. Good, good point. Audrey Hepburn's first major role? This is also the first American film to be made in its entirety. In Italy, 1953. Weren't we just talking about Vespas? This is another one where I think I'm going to kick myself. Is this the original? Uh, no, no, no. This is, this is literally the most famous Italian movie. Casablanca? Which that's, is in Morocco. That's oh, not Morocco's Italian, not right. Italy? No, goodness, no. <laughs> On site. Oh, 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 oh. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, that was in color. That was in color. Or was it colorized? Gregory Peck. I can't remember the title. I know what you're talking about, I think. I can't remember the title. That is Roman Holiday, boys. Yes. God damn it. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's monologue at the end of this picture. The Italian job. No. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio was in neither version of the Italian job. (laughs) Oh, that was... I forgot it it was Marky Mark, wasn't it? Is this Catch Me If You Can? No. (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio's monologue at the end of this movie was so good that it moved Claire Danes to tears. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. That's the one. Oh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is the... Y'all are both scoring fine, but this is... This is... I love it when Untitled.txt turns into just these stupid bantery rants like 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 this is my favorite well yeah when you give us you know a clue like italy it's like uh okay <laughs> but i also love that you both don't know where italy is i think it's next okay, to so I, the death I know of where stalin italy is. it's no, between it's morocco and stalin. arabia that Godzilla. You are, shut up pry british motor corporation refused to donate any cars for this movie the chief of Fiat Motors. The Italian job. Ah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had minis, so that makes sense that they wouldn't want to donate their cars to. Yeah. Now, dig all this. The chief of Fiat Motors, however, offered to donate every car needed for the picture. Director <laughs> Peter Collinson, however, decided that because it was a British heist movie, it should be minis. Fiat's <laughs> boss would not relent and still donated scores of movie, uh, of cars for the picture, as well as open access to his factory grounds. And even though the uh, Italian authorities refused to close the roads, the Italian mafia stepped in and shut down whole sections of Turin for filming. All of the traffic jams in this movie are real because production caused them. 
I bet you – so, this, first of all, this is good old British racism. That's what that is because they could have used the fiats. It would have been fine. It would have been the same movie. And second of all, that whole thing with the mafia, that's fucking hilarious. The producer was like, uh, hey, uh, you want some business? Well, lastly, this film serves as the canonical ending of Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. This is a trick question. Yeah, that's why I'm... Okay. I have no idea where you're going with this, but I can't wait to hear the punchline. What year, Russ? It's way easier than you're thinking. Probably. What year? 2003. You're thinking way too hard. I've given you every clue you need. Then I do not know. (laughs) I got nothing but this. And neither one of you could be arsed to say... The Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> oh, is that a God real damn movie? It. <laughs> I've never seen or heard of that movie, Russ. I, you know, I see what you were trying to get us to do. I, I like it. I like the attempt. Boys, I've never seen or heard of this film. So, I love no. you both so goddamn much. You are my favorite people in the whole world. You actually did great on that. That was movies that you clearly knew nothing about. And yeah. that was six out of ten, so... Passing by any standard, except, you know, probably New York, but fuck those liberals. <laughs> you know, this, uh, this podcast could also be titled movie, uh, Movies That We Know Nothing About. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be an accurate title of, to this podcast. The, subtitle it, Have You Seen This? <laughs> that is three to James and three to Fry. And so, Ooh. you know, run up the score because we are now sitting at 82 and 82. Ooh, getting close to the end. It's coming down to the wire. Golly gosh, how yeah, do we do on time for that one? Fuck me! Oh my god, that was so much goddamn time. Oh, that was really long. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck, I hate it when I do that. Okay. You didn't do it. I No, no, it's Russ, it's good. It's good that we have the conversations and that sort of thing. So, Fry, remember, big picture, tone, like the things that you liked. Well, no, give him you know. time. Like, I'm like, going to go I'm, into I'm extreme really detail see. about this. Uh, okay, I want to. I'm going to introduce another thing, and I'm going to introduce something. I'm going to own up to something that I've been very guilty of. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because behind the scenes, what we usually do is I go on Google and I Google the theme, and then I do a deep dive, and then I go into Reddit, and then I pick obscure things that have like below a seventy on Rotten Tomatoes, and then I send Fry trailers. And yeah. sometimes Fry sends me trailers. And he yeah. sends me things that have a 90 fucking 8 on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, we absolutely <laughs> cannot do that. That's a just a good movie. Yeah. But then... I, I would argue this is about convincing our friend James to watch a movie he wouldn't have watched. And even No, then, James, no, that's wrong. Movie this movie is about... 98%? No, th- this movie is about... Movies that don't need to exist. I think or, or this podcast podcasts. is. Yeah, I did mean podcast. Thank you, Russ. This yeah. podcast is about movies that don't need to exist, but they exist anyway, and we try to appreciate them. And so, from, no, from no movie time, needs to exist. Salty. Humanity lived for millions of years without movies at all, so no movies need to exist. No, you can't. Do, no, don't do and that. They had life right. expectancies That's... of thirty-five years. So, you know. Yeah. Are you wait? Are we are we saying that movies extended our lives? I'm. We're saying, saying correlation we're saying causation. we all have a tontine, and the last one to live gets the treasure. That's what we're saying. Oh, we should. I know that, that on my deathbed, I'll be watching Pirates of the Caribbean. Yar. I, I really <laughs> like those. I I I have okay. This isn't. This is totally an aside, but I think Pirates of the Caribbean, the first three movies, I'm not interested in any further film. Is the best trilogy. Like individually as movies, they're not the best movies. Not even by a long shot. But as a trilogy, I think they work really well together. No. I know you disagree. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. You know, it's the James, best trilogy I've ever seen. One. I, I think those it's the best, do work really well. Not together. individually as movies, they're fun, but they're not great. But as a trilogy, I think they work really well. You by what metric? Cultural by, influence, quality of no, filmmaking. No, no, no. Just by the metric is how much I liked them. <laughs> the, met, the metric is is it a trilogy? And there's three movies there. No, so it is that's a, wrong that it works too. Really Fry well to make a trilogy. Oh, so did you like the the episode one, two, three of Star Wars? Fry? It was a trilogy. I cannot deny no, like the four, existence five, of it being a. Trilogy. No, that's not what I asked. Oh, wait, hold on. Did we have a movie to talk about? Oh well, so I mean, I guess we could. 
Because I could go on the for an hour easy on this point. I get salty ahead, sometimes because Fry has a tendency to pick the movie that I least want to watch. And he goddamn <laughs> did it again. And then I'll throw in really underhandedly. I'll be like, yeah. Fry picked this one. Like, yeah, I have yeah. noticed that. And that's yeah. always my shorthand for this movie sucks. And it's <laughs> yeah. really assholey. And it's real sneaky. And I just toss it in where it's like, oh, Fry picked this one. <laughs> Even more than that, it does kind of ruin the united front you guys should be presenting to me. Yeah, uh, I, I would however, agree with that. I think you need to back Fry up on his terrible, terrible decisions. And, here's my, and, and, and here, and I'm going to call myself out on this, and I'm going to own up to it because Fry picked this one, and I went in not wanting to like this one, mm. and it was way more charming than I anticipated. So, well, there you go. Uh, this is. 2022 and this is spin me round fry take it away i wanted to start by letting james see the (laughs) movie poster for this (laughs) this looks like a romance like a cheap romance novel yes it it, it absolutely does That's hilarious. But look, on the side, they've even put in, like, the creasing where the binding would, would be because the covers were always cheap on these. Oh, you're right. They did. Fry, I really like that you chose the 120 pixel by 320 pixel version of that. that yeah, was, it was uh... a tiny picture. Uh, you got the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this movie is is two things at its, at its heart. It is mm. a, a mockery of romance novel tropes. And okay. it is an absolute constant send-up of the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. The setting here, uh, got Amber, who is a manager of a restaurant. Her boss gets her into this contest that brings the top managers from around the, the country to have a week-long mm-hmm. stay at the owner's Italian villa and really experience the culture and the cuisine of Italy. Amber is played by Alison Brie, who also wrote the, uh, wrote the movie. It was one of the co-writers oh, of the movie. Cool. So, she goes to Italy, and she has like a, a, a night with her friend before, and they're talking about like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm going to find love. It feels like things are really aligning for me, and really good good vibes are out there. Like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this adventure. Uh, she goes out there, and gosh, things go weird right from the start. There's always a little, <laughs> like, every scene has something about it that's just weird in usually kind of a funny way. It's usually played for laughs. Like, the characters recognize it's weird, but they go along with it most of the time. Yeah. So they get there, and just to set the scene, they, they meet Craig. Craig, who is played by Ben Sinclair, <laughs> at, at the van to pick them up. And the very first thing he does is take their passports from them and get them into the van. <laughs> oh, goodness. And they're like, hey, why did you need our passports? You're not kidnapping us, are you? And one of them starts singing, we're being kidnapped. We're being kidnapped. <laughs> they drive up to the villa and drive right on past it to the Motel 6 down the road where they'll be staying. And, and it just really sets off like, oh, this trip is nowhere near as nice as you thought. But why did you think it was going to be nice? You work for Olive Garden or Tuscan Grove, as they call it in the, uh, the movie. <laughs> that that is, is a that very the, good fantasy name for Olive Garden. Best euphemism for Olive Garden. Tuscan Grove. You uh, know, they fucking nailed it. So we get we get to meet some of our other uh, managers here as well. And gosh, we've got a delightful crew. We've got Tim Heidecker as Fran, <laughs> Molly Shannon as Deb, who lost her luggage on the way here. <laughs> you should have led with that. Okay, all right, here we go. We've got Zach Woods as Dana, and if you don't know the name Zach Woods off the top of your head, you saw I do not. Silicon Valley, right? No. Oh. You've seen him. He's, probably, he's fucking hilarious. We also, later in the movie, we will have uh, Fred Armisen playing a fun role in here. But also a okay. another major character here is Aubrey Plaza, who we will meet as the CEO. Oh, she's my favorite. I love her. She's so sarcastic. All Fantastic. right. Well, I don't think I need to describe any more of the movie. I think we're <laughs> job. Well, now, now okay, try. Okay, the fine, listeners fine. still need. Okay. All right. Buddy. So 
the main plot doesn't necessarily follow the the quirkiness of the the different managers. These are just kind of like interludes, but they're fucking hilarious, and some of them are too good not to to joke about. There's a, a plot line with Fran, played by Tim Heidecker, where he's talking about how you know he's. He's trying to be different from all the other Olive Garden managers. He's like, well, I was on a cooking show, and you know, he thinks he knows yeah. how to cook and all this. And so they have the the head executive chef of Olive Garden in there, like showing them how to prepare some of the meals with like all natural ingredients, which, as we've already seen, of them squeezing Alfredo out of a tube is not how they're <laughs> produced at the Olive Gardens. <laughs> And yeah. he gets up there and is just talking over her. And he's like, well, you know, I think maybe we should do some experimentation and do some experimental cooking. And he's like, I assume you have some uh, some nitrogen down there. And she's like, it's not really that kind of kitchen. He's playing the chef that's interested in foam and gastronomy yes. and right. cre- and creating like we're going to serve fried air for for, for this course. <laughs> and can you imagine if you went to Olive Garden and right there next to the all-you-can-eat soup, salad, and breadsticks was <laughs> a a deconstruction of chicken carbonara with a, a bacon foam on top? I think people would assume it was a poison bomb and run away. Someone at every table would get it, I guarantee it. <laughs> just for Just for the novelty. No, I mean, if you ordered it, that's one thing. But if it was sitting there at the table and you arrived, you'd be suspicious. Oh, yeah, that's just creepy. I don't want there to already be food on my table when I get there. What? How long has that been there? That's not safe. <laughs> Olive Garden is fun to dog on because yeah. it, it, uh, it's absolutely lowest common. It's fast food. It's fast yeah. Italian food. Yeah. Equivalent. But I have good memories at Olive Garden. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I think I think we're making fun of Olive Garden in the same way that we'd make fun of, you know, Sizzlers. Like, like McDonald's like, or yeah, it's like is the food good? Eh, it's alright. It's food. Olive Garden. But, yeah. It's yeah. food. Is it Ita- is it Italian? Uh, <laughs> probably I mean, not. It's Italian inspired. Is it's it, Italian ish. It, it's a fair place <laughs> to go with your coworkers at lunch for an hour. And yeah, and it's not Italian too expensive. It's not too expensive, and the soup is okay. Yeah. Like, it's really not that bad. But I think the reason we like to dig on it is because their commercials make it seem like it's the poshest resort yes, I've ever go to. I, I don't think that you can have posh with the, quote, endless soup, salad, and breadsticks. <laughs> But they, but I feel like they try, and that's why we make fun of well, them. I, I what I mean, to... what, that is a commonality. You have Red Lobster, you have Olive Garden, Cheddar yeah. Bay Biscuits, Breadsticks. Yep. Give very us much bread, so. and yeah. we're just, we are cavemen. But as a comparison, if you look at Outback Steakhouse, they don't pretend to be anything they're not. Come get an all right steak. <laughs> the steak's okay. Well, yeah, sure. But, I mean, like, that's not a, well, let me put it this way. If you're of European descent and you live in Australia, like, sure, maybe you've got, what, the barbecue out and you're doing some things there. But, like, that, that was monk-like resistance to calling it a Barbie. Thank you. But the point is, you it doesn't have this rich food culture that we associate with, like, countries like Italy, which is quote-unquote exotic, which is not really. The, but the point is, like, Outback Steakhouse, if you're Australian and you hate it, that's cool. I get it. But those commercials are not pretending like it's a majorly fancy place. What they're saying is, come here, you get an okay steak and a giant fried onion, and you're going to have a great time. And I always have. And the same thing is true for Olive Garden, <laughs> except that that's definitely not Italian. Anyway, sorry, Fry. Well, I, I do like that you brought up the commercials, because they yes. make fun of that in this movie as well. It's a big oh, part of the whole excellent. thing. The CEO of Tuscan Grove is in all the commercials, and they're all set around his his villa. And so they're all super excited to finally get to go here, this place they've seen, you know, at least for some of them. In this place actual Italy. <laughs> and then, of course, they wind up staying at the Motel 6 down the street. Uh, yes. Just destroying at least one of them internally to, to see that go by. Excellent. So, aside from that, the main plotline follows Amber. And on the first day, the CEO comes by to say hi to everybody and takes a little bit of a liking to Amber. 
Probably because she fucked up trying to do the Italian cheek kiss thing and kissed him right on the lips at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oops. So he, he whispers to his assistant cat, uh, played by Audrey Plaza, and before you know it, Amber's on her way to hang out with them and go to a club with Cat tonight, and that almost happened, except mm-hmm. that Molly Shannon's character, Deb, overheard and was like, I want to go to a club, and nice. <laughs> before long, everyone's in, and they're like, no, we're not going to a club. You can drink here, the hotel bar. <laughs> what? So, wait, 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 hold on a sec. So... The CEO invited them to a club. No, the CEO invited Amber specifically. No, I understand. It might not be clear. So there's a vibe that's established. And the CEO, he doesn't do his own wet work. He has an assistant for that. And, And so he goes, hey, you get that girl. And she is not the tightest lipped person. So it turns into... Hey, I'm going to a club. Can I come? Can I come? Can I come? That's not on the DL. And that doesn't mm, fit in with the that's plan. That's the opposite of the DL. Oh, right, because he's trying to uh, screw a coworker so, that is totally underneath well, him. Uh, but the thing is, that's not a coworker. That's that's an employee that he is a manager a of. Far yes. below I mean, under the. Uh, yeah. It's the in CEO a way, and a restaurant manager. Like, this is. Yes. There's not, probably not really a direct line org chart that would connect those two. No, there is a direct line org chart because he's in charge of the regional managers and the regional managers. Like, you know, you could trace it. It's wrong. We should all acknowledge that. Oh, uh, don't worry. We, we do. But on the other I hand... I mean, to be fair, she probably shouldn't have kissed him right on the mouth, but, you know. Well, on the other you hand... can't win them all. He's very attractive, and he's the CEO of a company, and he owns a yacht. And that's where he takes for the next day. <laughs> I like how you I like how you say that like on the other hand, morals be damned, he's rich. I'm Which just I, saying I guess she's Amber's not totally think. against it. Amber's not, okay, okay. not totally against this thing. And so it is like a romance novel a bit there. <laughs> it it is know. a sin it, I, I think it is a, a pretty <laughs> no, romance wait, fr- novel. Fry, so you do Russ, have to have Russ, a romance. I need you to I need you to clip Fry saying, it is a sin, and just, like, amplify it and play it. it. I'm like, it is a sin, it is a sin, it is a sin. It is a sin, it is a sin, it is a sin. This trope is my absolute favorite, because yeah. everyone in the world sees this, and it's like, oh, you're getting played, girl, you don't want to go on the CEO's yacht. I do not give half a shit who the CEO is. If you offer me... $2,000. That's all it takes. I will suck your dick off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a day well, yeah, on a but... yacht? Sure. Like, that's that's what? A little bit of work for a whole afternoon of fun? Well, not everyone has your scruples, gentlemen. A little bit of work? How long? You can't last two hours. Not with these lips. <laughs> <laughs> or your confidence. <laughs> so, so she gets right on the yacht, and they go sailing around the, the bay. <laughs> and before long, they're they're chatting and sipping wine, and he's talking about you know his his pain from when his sister died, and she's <laughs> just going all in on it. She she is like googly eyes, like a little bit like starstruck by him, and so she kind of doesn't fully notice when the conversation shifts, and he starts talking about how he's found long lasting bliss through tantric sex. And uh, <laughs> a variety of other, uh, I believe he refers to them as meditation practices, although I don't know that they would fit the conventional description. I fully believe that the CEO of a place like Olive Garden would be the kind of person to pull out like that 70s and 80s bullshit. Like, who oh, you don't know, or I guess it's 90s now? God, I'm old. Anyway. I think orgies the, have the point is, in all decades. No, but that tantric sex bullshit is such a, like, fucking old people thing to be like, oh, my God, I love that. That's so great. It's like, no, you don't understand. I get... It really so brings close. me a deep emotional release to be connected with so many people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you just want to fuck, dude. Like, can you not... <laughs> so, so she doesn't really hear everything he's saying. Uh, yeah. We do, though. So it's, it's great for yeah. us. And we hear when he says, what do you think? And she's like, yes. As you you might if you weren't listening to the conversation. (laughs) 
And uh, compliments her for being so open-minded. A thing she's going to start wondering why people keep saying that to her soon. I hope she at least demanded that he shave his balls. His balls do not appear in this movie. I, I don't know means? if his balls are shaved or not. There's there's really it's no like way to doesn't do doesn't shave their balls. Maybe you get them hung in like your zipper? Well, that was kind of an Archer reference, but it was probably not clear enough. Mm. I thought it was like a Manscaped reference. But no, they're not sponsoring us. Lawnmower for 2.0. Russ, we, no free sponsorships. Stop We've giving discussed. free sponsors, Russ. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, like, I have to check the money. time on my <laughs> Skagen watch. <laughs> Next episode, Russ is going to be like, Pennzoil's in my bike. It's like, Russ, that's not how that goes. What's that green oh. shit that podcasters and YouTubers are always drinking to, to advertise? It's, what, it's... gamer sup? No, it's some kind of like plant based fuel thing whatever it is what the fuck oh, are you man, talking it's so comfortable sitting in my levi's jeans <laughs> <laughs> i lube my keyboard with pennzoil they arrived oil. in an amazon package today <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny you, you watch like tiktok or google shorts and like half of those motherfuckers are ads you're just like nope nope yeah. nope <laughs> my favorite was the people who work it in organically where it's like yeah yeah i am an asmr as, as we are doing now and they are the fucking best at it where it's like mm-hmm. tonight's video is brought to you by audible on audible you can turn the volume really low <laughs> when you listen to stories about how the semen cavity killer excavated his victim it's uh, so good god what russ i have a question yo i this episode's gonna be two hours long but i'm good do you why is it always something real gross and sexual like what <laughs> like with did me you say semen cavity killer well, that's yeah. pat oswald that's a pat oswald bit oh okay but no, the, you, the real you still reason. chose that bit <laughs> you did personally for me the reason i always take it sexual or gross is mm-hmm. because it always elicits laughter be it uncomfortable or <laughs> familiar and yeah. both are and both are completely acceptable to me and th- and that's a really fun question too and it's like i've questioned myself about it where it's like do you want people to think you're funny or do you want to make people laugh and i've realized that making people laugh is the best joy i can have in life and mm-hmm. so if i say something that's like really off kilter and it's like no you know i fucked it uh, I-, I found a bottle and i fucked it the other day it's like what the fuck are you talking about but then you have like this audience that's like oh russ you scamp it's a little like, <laughs> that's, like that's perfect. yeah i mean i'm not complaining i was just curious it's it is funny Ooh, a little bit anyway, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so i'm gonna do uh, now that we've introduced really the the setting pretty well and you, you can kind of see where some of this is going i'm gonna bring oh yeah some yeah yeah I got, I got a good i got a good overview We're, where we're going to have, you know, a, a party where things go wrong and a jealous lover chases someone out of the building. Ah. The CEO is going to think that Amber is, has turned cold on him and go after someone else. <laughs> We're going to have a disappearance and everyone wondering if that disappearance means she was murdered. We do get a little bit into, like, clue movie type territory here for a little bit i think the word you're looking for is intrigue do not compare this movie to clue one of the greatest films of all time the the third act is a crime caper yes okay we're gonna have some people trampled by boars just to throw that out there (laughs) fry you are the worst at selling punchlines you think that is a that is a three-act joke that is introduced in act one sold in act two and delivers in act three and you're like there's no no boars. no no no, no. Ho- hold on russ i disagree because when he said that my interest peaked yeah oh, I'm, I'm not here as a well, comedian i would then. be a dismal failure at that i am here solely no, to convince <laughs> one person to watch one movie yeah and also no russ fuck you <laughs> if i convince anyone right. else to watch a movie as well that's just bonus yeah, yeah, well, it's you know, yeah, it's it's a bonus if we get anyone else to listen to this <laughs> horrible <Poxy> thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay. So, Fry, you can tell that I'm interested in this movie. Yeah. Whatever your expectations are for like how a movie like this will end, it yes. doesn't really it doesn't end that way. And I think it's a good twist on. how I'm going to be honest end. with you. This is one movie I am not predicting the ending to because it's so outside of my usual comfort zone. It, uh, but it does have Aubrey Plaza and many other comedians in it, and I'm interested in that. Well, let me tell you my favorite moment from the movie, and then we'll, yeah. we'll go on. 
Audrey Plaza, a uh, cat at Amber, are having a, a night out on the town. Okay. And they decide they need to go get some food. And so she says, hey, let's go to this restaurant I know. Yes. Rose is shaking his head that I'm telling this story. I knew, like, it's the, too good. The moment you said, I'm going to tell you my favorite part from this movie, I was like, salt shaker. Yep. All right. You see where it's going. <laughs> so she's talking it up. She's like, well, this used to be the number one restaurant in the world. It's fallen to number three. It's still pretty good, though. <laughs> they get there. They, they knock on I the back door. So. and the, the chef comes out. And she's talking to him in Italian, and this, the movie doesn't translate the Italian for us, but you can you can make some guesses. And she basically, and then she tells Amber, "Hey, act like you're putting like you're shaking a salt shaker on your tongue, so that you can show him how hungry you are." And if you're wondering what that looks like, it looks like what yeah. Russ is doing right now. Yeah, no, I, I was I was envisioning it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Russ. That is extremely detailed. Also, some good, <laughs> yeah. And some good, uh, well, not fully work, I guess Rose just some that, good, uh, oh, miming. That's what that yeah, is, miming. That was an excellent good mime job. for a podcast. Probably one of yep. the best mimes I've ever seen. And I know we have the explicit game. tag on this podcast, but I would like to avoid the absolute grossest of things. So we can just move on. What if What if every episode contains one absolutely obscene mime from Russ that can we just try to go on from? They well, literally all do. Oh, that's right. It, that's true. If it's a mime, I think we're fine because we can just sort of dance around it or potentially try to ignore Russ, which is a very difficult and something I would not recommend. I like that I we're avoiding, like, Russ just mimed a blowjob when earlier I was making jokes about, like, foreskins. Russ, it would be a lot more fun and creative if we didn't actually say what it was and just let the viewers try to figure out what <laughs> we were doing. But thank they you for assume. ruining that. Salt well, if, yeah, but like yeah, some if, of them were gonna. But if some every of them were gonna take a moment and mimes shaking salt onto their tongue. You'll know what yep. we're talking about. And then do like Rust was doing and move your tongue around inside your mouth. If you can, the do it direction. while you're listening to this podcast in church. <laughs> it should go over very well. Yeah, de- this is not church oh. safe or work safe. <laughs> nice one. Oh friend. my. Okay. Uh, so. Okay. so- <laughs> She does that, and the chef is like, ooh, okay, and brings brings him out a couple plates, and yes. she sends him back inside for something else, and, and Kat's like, all right, eat quick. And she's like, why, why that? You don't want to pay the bill. And they just eat quick and run off. Oh, they, they do a dine and dash on one of the nicest restaurants. Cool, cool, cool. Well, a dine and dash where the payment was going to be a blowjob, I, I, I think it's okay. They were eating like oh, in the alley. Oh, 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 okay. I just caught on to We that. spent too okay. long talking about miming blowjobs yeah, and ruined the I continuity. I forgot the original the I fucked that one up. I, yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, I, it was a good dumb. miming of a blowjob. We, we yeah, right I, I'm just dumb. I forgot the original prompt. Okay, I see, I see, I see. So, yeah, it, I, I, it's a great scene poorly described. <laughs> I think that is a great way to sum up our podcast. <laughs> Damn, that was, yeah, you're not wrong. A great movie, poorly described. If you think about like our rambling and then Russ going off on his own direction with his shit, and it's like, what was that movie about again? <laughs> Speaking of which, Fry, um, we've this is going to be a two-hour episode, so how do you want to do this, my dude? Do what? The no, I mean, in other words, like, wrap it up. I think he blew his load there. I think we're done. Oh, yeah, okay. That was. Okay, I was like, I'm going to say one one of my favorite scenes from the movie, and then we'll go on. Oh, my bad. Now Russ, cut that on. out. <laughs> right, okay. So, and moving segue. on. Let's go on. Chuck, no, you can't say segue. God. Russ. Yo. Would you philosophize us about this film, please? Of course I will. I want to point out that on TVTropes.com, this film has no fewer than 23. <laughs> it is built on tropes philosopher emily thomas has visited approximately 80 countries in her lifetime and she wrote a book called the meaning of travel colon philosophers abroad i have not been to 80 countries i have only been to 25 so she is better qualified to speak on it than i am and she writes that travel 
shows us otherness by offering us an immediate sense of things we have never experienced. And through these new experiences, we are forced to expand and rethink what we know. As we leave one place and get involved with another, she writes, our cognitive tools change along with our minds. And the conceit of this movie is you go to a new country, fun things happen. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Of course. And... It's misadventures, and it's cute, and it's charming, and it's lovely. And, watch this segue, Saturday Night Live long ago passed the point of cultural relevance for me. But a stop clock is right twice a day. And they had a bit that nailed the philosophy of travel for me, like, poignantly and better than any professional philosopher ever could. And it was narrated by Adam Sandler. Hmm. And it was a sketch called Romano Tours, and he was parodying Perio Tours, which is a real service that offers, like, bus tours of Italy. And I don't, I'm not going to put the bit up here because, as because like, NBC is famously litigious and they go after yes. anything that's not them. So I'm going to quote a few bits of it. Culture, history, spaghetti. These are the things of a country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano from Romano Tours. I've been providing trips to Italy, to people all over the world, but mostly from New Jersey. Explore the old country with our 10-day vacation package. See Venice, the city of wetness. Point and laugh at the Tower of Pisa. Play with some dough in Napoli. People love us. Every so often, people leave us a review that they were disappointed or didn't have as much fun as they thought. We always remind our customers... If you're sad now, you might still feel sad there, okay? <laughs> you understand? That makes sense? Our tours will take you to the most beautiful places on Earth. Hike to cliffs off the Amalfi Coast. Fish with the nets in Sorrento. But remember, you're still going to be you on vacation. If you're sad where you are, then you get on a plane to Italy. The you in Italy will be the same sad from you before. <laughs> Just in a new place. Does that make sense? There's a lot of vacation can do. Help you unwind. See some different looking squirrels. But it cannot fix deeper issues. Like how you behave in group settings. Or your general baseline mood. That's a job for incremental lifestyle changes sustained over time. I want to be very clear about what we can do for you. We can take you on a hike. We cannot turn you into someone who likes hiking. We can take you to the Italian Riviera. We cannot make you feel comfortable in a bathing suit. We can provide the zip line. We cannot give you the ability to say we and mean it. And not your sister. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink or the person you become when you do. Okay? I'm sorry, but it's true. And our friendly tour guides are happy to take your picture. But remember, the pictures you're in are going to have you in them. <laughs> and if you don't like how you look back home, it's not going to get any better on a gondola. Cut to uh, God that that cut. hits me in in some personal places like some of that shit. Like, cut to tour damn. recipient. Right before we went in the Vatican, he took my face in his hands and he said, "If you feel bad about yourself in a church back home, the Vatican is one hundred percent wall to wall church." <laughs> so we went for twenty minutes and then we went back to the hotel and we watched Paddington Two. The best. Love the Vatican. <laughs> this may sound rude, but I'm trying to temper expectations. I hate seeing people beat themselves up on tours. It really gets to me. And please, if you and your partner are having trouble connecting, we guarantee our tour will not help. If you don't want to touch each other at home, be reminded, in Italy, you'll have those same feelings and thoughts. A day is a long time to feel happy for all of it. Most of us get 45 minutes, if we're lucky. And that's our motto here at Romano Tours. <laughs> and so I had to... Okay, Russ, cut out what I said earlier because I'm going to say it again. Boy, a lot of that shit hits home for me. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include that both times. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch.
Uh, I wish I could just come over to your house and like you know scratch symbols on your door like Gandalf, but and I live love in Canada, it. so it's well, like like so much of Saturday Night Live is David S. Pumpkins, and God, from funny. time to time you get something like that that's just beyond gold, and you get like Plato couldn't have done better. No, it's, it's like, like a lot of that shit. Like when it comes to vacationing and stuff, but like a lot of that shit hits home. It's like. We can put you in another place, but you're still going to be you. (laughs) It's like Mark Twain said, travel broadens the mind. It's fatal to ignorance. And he's not wrong, but the thing is, you can experience just as much going to the next town. Is there a town an hour away that you've never been to? That's a different place, too. And the world is very big. My own personal philosophy is that travel needs to involve some misfortune or ridiculous occurrence. Otherwise, it's not interesting. It is so boring to talk about your delicious Italian dinners, and that's why I don't talk about them. But everyone wants to hear about how that Fiat cut off your toe. That shit's hilarious. (laughs) Emily Thomas... uh, There's a throwback. Also reminded me of Doom Tourism, which is fucking funny, where you go to see things before they're gone, like the glaciers, because (laughs) you travel to see them, and you contribute to their destruction by going to see them. Yes. And then there's Disaster Tourism, where you visit places right after something horrible has happened, like a natural disaster or a war, because all the hotels are marked down super a lot. Well, now is that just thriftiness, or is that or is that actually reveling in destruction? Fuck if I know. Does, I, does I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to tell you what you what what you should masturbate to. As, as a throwback to a previous movie, does taking a cruise at the beginning of COVID count for that? It does not. No, I think that's just bad planning. However, that would thank you, Fry, because you served that one up like a fucking t-ball she also notes that the pandemic showed us that a great deal of business travel is completely unnecessary and she states that uh, traveling by land and cutting back business travel are relatively easy ways to decrease anyone's carbon footprint without causing much harm to anything and there is a tendency to think that travel will always be easily and cheaply available and if covid did nothing else you know other than kill several million people it showed us how wrong that idea is. And this movie serves that up so nicely because it sets up, it, you get the proper dip. You get the introduction. Here's how excited you should be about travel. Here's what travel actually is, where the experience is truly subpar, and you're going to be disappointed in quite a lot of things. And then you get the denome where you realize that that's what it was about all along, and memories only get better. And Right. Well, I guess I have a decision to make. Uh, and I, that decision is easily made for me, because Aubrey Plaza's in it, and I support her career and everything she's in. So I'm going to watch this movie. And I hope that there are other things in it that entertain, that entertain me, aside from her role. But if not, that will be fine. The game of mafia at the end will definitely sell you. <laughs> I will give you a full report. So what are we watching, huh? You go first, Fry, because I've got a lot. Well, I actually have a lot, too. I watched a couple of pretty great movies this week. Uh, I finally saw The Menu on Russ's recommendation. Mm -hmm. Goddamn, that was great. (laughs) Uh, I also saw The Lobster. Which Russ and yes. I had talked about before. Oh, I, yes. I had suggested it for the movie, but it's for the podcast. But it's one of these things that Russ was like, "Hey, this has a ninety-nine point nine percent among everyone on Earth, but you." So we're not <laughs> doing it for the podcast, which was fair. It's a really great movie. I, yeah. I found it really interesting. It's uh, too good for us. It, it might be too. It's definitely too good for us. Yorgos Lanthimos, man. I will say, I was I was talking to someone else who the first time they saw it. It was a first date. Not a good first date movie. I don't know if I have a choice for that. So do your research. Well, you'll certainly find out a lot about the other person, I think. I, I suppose so. Additionally, do not watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer on a first date. That's another uh, Lanthimos oh, movie. Oh, that one. Yes, Fucked yes. Up. Same director. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been watching. Uh, Russ or James, either of you. 
maybe, maybe I'm biased because I kept my expectations low for Andor. <laughs> Shit is rocking me. It's a masterpiece, <laughs> is it not? It's really good. I also picked up Tomachan is a girl. Uh, Tomachan wa onanoko. Yeah, that is super good. And I just hit Act Three or Four of God of War, and I will personally tear Odin's head directly off of his body. <laughs> that guy can get fucked. I would also like to endorse Andor. Andor is the first new Star Wars property that I think I can say it's not just good for a Star Wars. It's just, it's just good. good. It's a really good television show. You do not need to like Star Wars to appreciate Andor. It is really, really good. But yeah, other than that, uh, I haven't really found anything uh, worth talking about. I have watched a lot of shit. But uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to recommend other than Andor. But uh, yeah, it's all good. And now it's time to spin the wheel! Thriller. Ooh, so close to classic. We have landed on Thriller. Okay, so Thriller is good. I personally want one more. Yeah. Like, I want to do a fill-in-the-blank Thriller. Animated, animated animation thriller. I'll take it. Okay. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. All right, boys. Uh, you get to work in your, your machinations, and uh, we will watch an animated thriller. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James Watch This. Have a great day, and don't drink bleach.